your call. It is your game. It is your creation. Oh my God, they're so enthusiastic. Love to have an optimal theory for playing the game. Whatever you focus upon becomes your truth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Living Indubiously podcast. It is me, Evton B. Evan Burton, if you so please. It's very exciting to be here. This is Skip Wicked, also of Indubious. The two brothers here together for a podcast. The pods are casting. You know, and um, they've been casting out like a fishing wire into the line of the mind, deep into the cortex, beckoning us to uh, come forth. Skip, do you ever get the feeling when you're in the moment of something, it's almost like you're looking back on it from your future self, like it's like the, the dawning of a new era for us. What do you feel? It's really weird. Yeah. Like, so I think time's weird like that, right? Like it doesn't work linearly. It feels as if, you know, everything's on this line and things are happening in succession. But there's a lot of times where I'll wake up and I'll be like, not really sure if it was the past or the present. And mm-hmm. it, you're kind of like this, this knowing when you start to do something and this, it kind of feels like this podcast is like that. Like we're able to tap into a future or past self to bring it through. Like it's almost supposed to be. Do we have a choice is the question. Well, you know, it's my choice to be deliberately uh, tapping into a, a realm that feels um, good for my heart. You know, I feel feeling guided and feeling connected with my purpose. And um, right now, gosh, we're living in some weird times, guys. I think, you know, if you've turned on the, the interwebs or the, the TV that you can see all the weird things happening out there. And um, I think it's kind of calling us all to become more of ourselves. And um, this almost like a great purging that's happening right now. Um, you know, the racism stuff happening with the riots, the, uh, the virus stuff happening with the viruses, the pandemic. It's kind of um, almost cleansing out things that aren't serving us anymore. You know, with racism, it's o- obvious that it's not serving us. You know, the division and, and lack of compassion and, and love and uh, depth of understanding for our human brothers and sisters. And with the virus, it's this um, this awareness that the material realm is kind of almost... Um, there's all this like extra bullshit in there that's not serving us anymore. And now, so so now it's almost like all of that stuff is being shed. All of the companies that are non-essential, so to speak, and people are uh, being called to um, look at why, really, why are we doing any of this? What is the true purpose? You know, it's funny because I feel like those two things are intrinsically wound together, the virus and the, you know, the uprising of um, the racial tension right now. I think they're intrinsically wired together. And uh, I think that anytime you force everybody to go inward on such a grand scale, like the virus has done, everybody had to sit with themselves and spend a lot of time uh, feeling their darker shadows. And I think that will help unearth some of these things and uh, causes causes tension and that tent were, that tension's outwardly expressed and then it's sort of like all of those things are being purged because they come to the surface and so I think it's a it's a it's no doubt a powerful time and uh, 
yeah, I, I see nothing but goodness coming from this uh, inevitable suffering that's happening right now. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it, it almost feels like there's this kind of global medicine ceremony for the earth. It's like the earth has been dosed, you know, with cosmic ayahuasca. And now it's like this depth right now of this this crazy shadow that we're dealing with all of this dark stuff because we're wanting to grow. The earth has says yet the earth the earth has said yes, please dose me, you know, and um, and and this is the purge. This is the the vomiting up of the deep inner wounded caca from below. Um, gosh, how exciting! How exciting! How I exciting! Mean- uh, the the suffering isn't uh, ever fun. It's never a good thing um, in the in the way that it feels. But uh, I do know from the suffering that I've been through in my life that um, it is the most transformative and useful uh, thing that I've ever had. Um, the suffering has been has been the one thing that's catalyzed so much growth for myself, and so I no doubt see it as a as a benefit to humanity, um, no matter how painful. And uh, just so excited to be doing this podcast yeah. finally. Um, what are we gonna What are we gonna talk about today? What's our topic today? Well, I think that before we get um, too deep and esoteric and spiritual, we've got to touch on some of this physical realm stuff. Um, the reason we're here is because we've had a really interesting life path. We've had these um, blessings, we as we see them, these interesting um, abilities we've been en- endowed with. Um, that, you know, we've kind of in previous times seen as curses or difficult things. We're two brothers born with cystic fibrosis. Um, you know, the doctors told our parents that we were going to live till we were 18 or something at the time. Um, I have received a double lung transplant in 2011. Um, we've both been in and out of the hospitals, um, dealing with some really heavy physical stuff. And the beauty of it is that it has given us the ability to see life through a different lens, through a lens of being in touch with our mortality, which has given us the power to be deeper in touch with our true purpose as spiritual entities connected to the cosmic energy of our higher selves here to bring about awareness and love in the people and our expression um our our most the our favorite expression of that has been music through our band in dubious and also you know talking and um kind of you know promoting and living our um our spiritual ethos and so uh this is our our um our big foot into the world of really committing to do it on a um, a verbal level, not just a musical level. Um, so why don't we skip? Why don't we talk a little bit about um, about our path, about yeah. how we got where we are? You want to start? Yeah. Well, I want. I have a question for you, so sure. I'll let you start. But okay. um, yeah, it's no doubt been a, a a crazy incarnation on this planet, and we've both uh, been you know born with a. Um, typically very devastating disease. Um, Evan, you had a double lung transplant. Yes. Um, you want to tell me a little bit about what it was like before the transplant and then yeah. a little bit about what your life has become yeah. uh, since the transplant and sure. how that's affected and shaped uh, what we're doing and what you're doing on the planet? Yeah. So <clears throat> I was pretty healthy as a child. And then when I was about um, um, 18, between the ages of 18 
and 27 was my kind of gradual decline. Um, I'd get really bad lung infections because that's the part of uh, cystic fibrosis is, is it creates a lot more um, mucus in the mucous membranes. It's very thick. So when I caught a cold, I'd get a um, lung infection and then I would have to go get IV antibiotics um, at the hospital via a pick line. And so I did this repeated times over and over and over again, a few times a year, you know, three, four or five times a year or whatever. And it eventually kind of... Um, it stopped working. My lungs became so scarred um, that I couldn't breathe. You know, we were on tour and I remember being on tour in the, in the bus with the oxygen tank and it was just torturous, you, you know, would, like sneak the oxygen tank on, on stage sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case, you know, I needed a little, a little fresh breath. Um, it was scary, you know, because I didn't, I didn't know that it was going to all be okay. I, had an inkling. I always, I always kind of felt that that was the case, but I had doubt, you know, I wasn't living in dubiously, so to speak. I think we should also clarify what living in dubiously means because some people are curious about that word. Yeah. Um, the word uh, dubious means doubtful and indubious means undoubtful, like indubitably. So if you're living in dubiously, you're living without doubt, you know, no fear. And you kind of have, um, you're connected with the current of where you're going in the, the depth of that. So just a little clarity for all you new listeners out there, you newcomers to the vibe. Um, so, yeah, I didn't know that it was going to be okay. Um, and that was scary because I wasn't living in dubiously, you know. I was living in this realm of I need to make things happen. I need to make something happen with my health. I need to find the key that's going to unlock the thing so I can survive, so then I can spread this message that is born deep inside of me to humanity. And um, what ended up happening through this inevitable process of the um, degradation of my health, you know, the the downfall of my, um, my physical, my whole physical realm was that, um, I ended up kind of giving up my attachment to life and I was no longer, Hey, I have to live. Um, I have to get this message out. My vibe was, um, more, it's all good. You know, if I, if I pass away, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all good. I'm going to return to source. It's going to be neato. And if I don't, if I live through this, then I'm going to um, have new lungs and I'm going to live to, you know, continue to tell my story. And so it's kind of once I gave up that attachment that it became really, really easy for me. And uh, my recovery was incredible. Um, you know, the process of getting on the transplant list was um, kind of arduous. You have to do all these tests and things. And then once I was finally approved to be on the transplant list, they said, okay, um, now you're on the list. You could, um, your lungs could become available, you know, anywhere. Could be three months, could be two years. So you just kind of got to sit tight, you know, and and uh, try not to get sick because I could have died if I caught, caught another cold. That's how bad I was. And they actually ended up calling me in 16 days. It's almost like I was divine timing, man. Yeah. I mean, it was like you had a pretty rare blood type. I forget what it is. But uh, having, negative, having somebody show up with that specific uh, situation was um, a very huge blessing because that was that was that was uh, that was pretty unlikely i would say yep yeah so the 16 days boom lungs are ready 
went in, got my lung transplant. It was cosmic, you know. I was high on uh, prednisone. They give you like 400 milligrams of IV prednisone. They call it salimeterol. And I was like full on hallucinating, having really quite incredible time um, other than the pain that I was dealing with because um, they can't give you opiates when you have a lung transplant um, because opioids uh, suppress your breathing. So they give me Tylenol and they gave me um, an epidural. And what happened was the epidural wasn't placed correctly, so it didn't work at all. So I essentially um, went through experienced all that pain. An organ transplant of having my whole you know chest cavity opened up, new lungs put in. Experienced all that pain on Tylenol, so that was fun. <laughs> um, it was a, it was a um, it was exhilarating in a sense. You know, it was the craziest pain that I've ever had, you know, for I think about five days, I was just sitting there like, oh my God, you know, kind of moaning and groaning. I remember they'd come into the um, hospital room in the middle of the night and ask me to be quiet because I was just sitting there moaning in pain, you know, it kind of reminded me of like an old like gladiator movie or like a Western movie when you're like biting on a piece of leather and someone's digging some shrapnel out of your back. Civil War thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. uh, it was intense, but the cool thing that came out of it is that after I had that intense pain, um, and then I experienced some relief, the uh, the, the feeling um, of relief was amazing. Just the experience to not have pain, the experience to be able to sit for like, a f- I remember at first it was like a few seconds of no pain. I was like, whoa, dude, this is wild. And so it, um, ever since then, I've held into this perspective that just the ability to exist um, in a moment of comfort is such a huge blessing that um, we're all kind of constantly overlooking. And yeah. so it's been my medicine to to be able to tap back into that feeling and um, uh, kind of build that gratitude, build that, um, have that same sense of gratitude just for life and existence. And um, since my transplant, um, I've been in great health. It's been, um, let's see, that was 2011. So we, we Nine years. Eight years, nine years, yeah. Nine years. And um, uh, my life is, is good, and um, my health is incredible. When I go and get checked in at the doctors, they go, gosh, what, what are you doing? You're so, you're so healthy. What is it you're doing? you got to tell us what you're doing. And, um, you know, of course, when I tell them that um, I'm choosing to live in alignment, you know, vibrationally by uh, choosing to, um, you know, do things that, bring me joy and happiness. They go, okay, but what are you really doing? You know, they don't really, they're not really in, in super interested in Western medicine in a um, holistic approach like that. But we are getting closer and closer. Um, I'm a prime example. Um, I happy think to be alive. also like, spre- like, like expressing that to the medical community is so important nowadays yeah. because science is finding, you know, the quantum field, all these, all these things, all those realities, mm-hmm. they're actually holding water scientifically because they're absolutely true. And so mm-hmm. expressing that stuff to medical people is important, important to speak your truth and, yeah. and let them know, even though they might not understand it because that's how these minds change, you know? <laughs> It's important. Absolutely. And so how do you think your, um, your, your, your worldview in terms of music and what your mission is has changed since that transplant? Has it changed at all? Or do you feel like it's, um, it, it's similar to how it was before the transplant? It's different. I'm, I mean, 
I think even to look back a year ago from now, like it, it's, uh, it's constantly expanding. Um, before my transplant, I was in the state of needing, of needing something to serve me. Um, the, the, I saw the music as my way to, um, to people's hearts for them to love me, for me to feel worthy, to feel like I had a purpose, which is, you know, a lot of, a lot of people feel this way. It's not a, it's not a bad way to feel. It's very common, but, um, I don't have that neediness with it now. I, I, um, just have the gratitude that it, that it has chosen to be something that flows through me and I don't need it to be anything. And, uh, that allows it to be much, much more. Yeah. It allows it to be, you know, everything. And, um, so my, my perspective on, um, on, uh, creating music and being an artist and just being a human in general, um, seems to be transforming at a, at a, uh, increasing rate these days, even in the past year, even, you know, in the past two years, every, my whole, my whole connection to creating and, um, experiencing music and being in the music industry and being, being a human being, um, I just have a different perspective on it. Um, and we will get we'll get deeper deeper into all that fun juicy stuff as we go along but i don't want to get too off the uh topic here i want to ask you skip um about uh you growing up your reaction to uh how it made you feel as a child having a disease um how that uh kind of manifested in your life um what your what your what your experience has been like in general and where you find yourself now you know yeah for tell sure. us a story yeah so i was i'm the older brother here um and two and a half years difference between evan and i and uh i was an angry kid i was really into punk music and um got into you know doing bad things and drugs when i was real young and, uh, so, you know, I was, um, I, I didn't do real well in school. I dropped out and I eventually got my diploma, but, um, had, uh, some, some issue with the anger side of feeling that I was supposed to be sick. Uh, my parents were getting a divorce. There was, um, a lot of things, you know, turbulent issues in my life and being the older brother, it, it sort of felt like it, it landed on me a little bit. And I was, uh, I was real pissed off. I was real pissed off at life. And I was, I sort of took on this attitude that nobody's going to tell me that I'm sick. I'm not sick. And this major, major denial of the whole thing. And so that major denial um, kind of led me down a path of just sort of denying that I had any sort of disease. Now, um, you know, it really didn't manifest in me. Cystic fibrosis really didn't uh, affect me uh, on a, on a, you know, physical level until I was uh, much older. Um, but as I started to grow up and got into adulthood, um, around 25 to 28 or so, I ended up in the hospital for the first time. I started getting the lung infections and my breathing was compromised and started to go in and, and get treated. And, you know, this turned into a, a, a cycle that would repeat until very recently when I um, got on a, on a, uh, new miraculous drug, which I'll tell you about, um, coming up here. But, uh, really my attitude of anger, uh, sort of was a level of resistance for me. It was me resisting and truly just truly allowing that, 
something was happening to me that I needed to accept and embrace. Somewhere along the line, and I don't know really what it was, but uh, watching my brother probably um, go through all everything that he did, and, and it, I realized that none of this was really as important as we thought it was. It wasn't as... It didn't, it didn't matter as much as, as we, we wanted it to matter because it, it, it felt so real, you know? And so for me, it was like, I kind of woke up when I realized that once I allowed it to be, once I allowed it to be what it is and accepted it, it, it turned into the biggest blessing possible because I, I, I was able to see mortality in a way that most people don't get until they're, they're old and gray. Most people don't, you know, have this wake up call until they're old and gray. <laughs> That, that, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, you don't get that. You don't get that perspective most of the time in your life. You just don't get it. And so, having that perspective um, started to make me realize that as I as I accepted my lot as a human being on this planet, I accepted my suffering on this planet, and I accepted it for what it was. It started to diminish. It started to get lower and lower. And I started to realize that I was only dealing with realms of myself, not what people imposed on me, not what was told to me from the outside, not what I, what people told me I was supposed to be, not what society told me what I was, uh, that it was supposed to be. It was about what I was as a human being beyond my humanness or my highest self, my my self outside of this body, the, the, the me that is pure potentiality and pure consciousness that started to, to emerge by just allowing the realities of life to be what they are and accepting them for what they are. And so, uh, yeah, up until about, I don't know, six months ago or so, I've been in and out of the hospital during touring, um, back and forth and getting antibiotics for two weeks, um, coming out, having to recover, getting back on the road, doing those sorts of things. And, uh, you know, recently I just got on this new, um, CF modifier drug, which actually helps, um, fix the root of the problem, which has helped tremendously. So, um, I may be through the woods and yet I still have all of the amazing consciousness from my experience. And I get to live a somewhat normal and healthy existence and I get to reflect on all of the, the, the journey that I've had thus far, which helps to create music. It helps to create the ability to do podcasts like this and, and tell people our story. So it's able to be, you know, transmitted to you guys, which is huge. Um, and huge. speaking your life is so crucial, right? I mean, like just being able to like express who you are and having people listen to it, um, making music that can transform, you know, people's suffering. That is amazing. That is like the high work. And I'm, I, I wouldn't, I, I'm, I'm super grateful for cystic fibrosis. If, if I did not have that disease, if you didn't have the disease, I would not be who I am today. And who I am today is, is somebody that I feel like I can be proud of. So that's, it's a good feeling, you know? And that, my friend, is the heart of living indubiously. Having something that is challenging, that brings us great discomfort and dis-ease, yet coming through and being able to look back and say, ah, that was all for a reason, and it's all good, you know? That is, that's the living indubiously. <clears throat> and... um so, I'm excited for this platform. Um, it's been something that's been kind of beckoning us in for a while now. Um, 
it's just, it's such good medicine to talk, you know, it's, it's good medicine for us. And that's kind of how I like to view things like this because for so, so long I wanted to view everything as, um, something that I was a gift that I was giving to the world, but I've started to, um, adopt the philosophy that, um, the biggest gift that you can give the world is, uh, gifting yourself because when you gift yourself, you become in, in alignment, <clears throat> you become stoked, you become, uh, you know, kind of, you start, you start riding the vibe, you start raising your vibe because you're taking care of yourself because you're loving yourself. You're getting that, that sweet, sweet love. And, um, you become far more capable of actually genuinely helping other people. So it is a paradox in a sense, you know, um, it is help for other, it is helpful for others, but the reason it's helpful for others is because, um, we are deciding we have chosen a path of healing for ourselves and the old adage stands healed people, heal people. Um, yeah, for real. It's good medicine, man. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, being uncomfortable in life has been one of the greatest teachers. I'm, I'm able to be uncomfortable for longer at this point in my life, because I realize what it truly is, that it's that it's a transform transformative element of the universe to be uncomfortable, that things arise from your, your clinging to certain realities that make you uncomfortable, and they give you sort of indicators of where the work needs to be released. And all of our work is sort of, it's sort of like you need to, instead of dig in and work on it, it's more like you release it. And so once you are able to kind of um, hone in on some um, being uncomfortable, you can sit with it, you can watch it, you can find its origins, and you, you can start to allow it to unwind itself. And you realize that it does it all by itself. It's sort of this weird thing where you're not actually doing any work. You're just allowing that that uncomfortable to be. And as that uncomfortable sits, it starts to unwind and you realize the true nature of what's behind it, which is which is pure magic and bliss. Like it doesn't need to be worked on or dug into by you. That Those things unwind themselves if, if we just sort of allow ourselves to sit with those uncomfortable feelings. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in the fact that we don't get any less afraid as human beings. What we do is we get more brave. And so as we get more brave, we start to learn learn ways to deal with that fear and confront the fear with full bravery. And then it could be said that the fear becomes lessened. So in a way, it is actually, you know, lessening fear, but the bravery is, is what happens. And so you're brave enough to, when you're brave enough to actually confront the uncomfortable and be there and sit with it and not feel like you need to change it, it starts to change itself, which um, is part of this whole magic of living in, in dubiously. Um, it, it starts to change itself, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of paradox too, because the more you become okay with being uncomfortable, um, the less discomfort you feel in the discomfort it kind of um, starts to dissolve. And um, I'm starting to get to a point, I don't know about you, I prob- you're probably on the same vibe, but um, when discom- when like extreme discomfort arises, of course, you know, the human side of us is feeling the drama and feeling, um, you know, perturbed by it. But I get to a point where I'm like, oh, okay, this is where the the big growth comes from. And so it's this almost like how, you know, we've, we all, we have the saying, how exciting, something terrible happens, how exciting 
It's a Bashar quote. And it's like, when shit's really hitting the fan, that means there's big shifts about to be taking place. And when we can start to see that, like from the very start, that's how we can get the blessing um, so much faster. Yeah, I mean, it's always darker before dawn. That's the, the, the old adage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's where it comes from. That's where it comes from, that growth. It, mm-hmm. comes, it comes from those, those deeply uncomfortable moments. It's like, you know, Ram Dass, the spiritual teacher, just passed recently. Um, he was always uh, a big proponent of being the witness, um, basically watching, watching your consciousness from the perspective of higher consciousness, which is non-reactive, and being able to sit and watch... Um, all of your humanness in a way that becomes comical if you watch it long enough without um, the attached emotion to it. You start to see the ups and downs and they become like clockwork. They, they come in uncomfortable, they get painful, and then they get better. And it's over and over and over and it ebbs and flows over and over and over like that. Life just continues in this, in this constant pattern. And so once you can start to see those things, then you kind of get excited when things get uncomfortable. You get excited when shit goes down because you start to see that that is actually the best thing possible, that that becomes exactly where all of your, your healing comes from. Because if it was great all the time, guys, we'd get super bored. It would yeah. be super boring. Um, that's what it's like. I, I feel that's my perspective of what it's like outside of the body. It is perfection all the time. It is... Um, non-focused perfection at all times. And here we get focused inconsistency. But the funny thing is, is if we sit back and we watch that inconsistency, it's always the consistent pattern. We see it up and down, ebb and flow, and it comes back to source every time. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a ride, man. It's a ride. Yeah. The only thing that um, really, like in the inconsistency and wildness of the physical universe, um, it allows us to hone our um, inner environment because we become the uh, consistency. We are the perceivers of reality. And when we start to change and modify our, um, our inner realm, um, our perception changes. And when our perception changes, everything in the world changes. And so uh, what I've started noticing in my life is that um, as I've been coming more deeper into alignment um, with my inner beliefs, uh, my emotions and my self-love and what it is that I wish to experience, um, making sure that what I wish to experience is in in alignment with my beliefs, is that um, my life is becoming so so good and dream like and, and consistent. And, um, my manifestations are coming effortlessly and, um, it's quite a magical experience. It's not really something that I want to go too much into because it can, um, it's, it's not really the point. The point is to, to, um, plant the seed, you know, plant the seed that, um, we don't have to be victims in a circumstantial universe. Um, because it's no fun to feel that way. It doesn't feel good at all. <laughs> and so planting the seed that there is another way of, per- there, there's another way to perceive things that um, we are not victims. We're actually conscious creators. But the truth is that until we know we're conscious creators, we're still creators, but we are blindly creating our reality. We are repeating our reality um, by 
choosing to focus on what we see and being um, unconscious of the fact that what we are focusing on is attracting more of it to ourselves. And so the key is getting to a point where we can choose our reality by choosing what we choose to focus on. doesn't mean denying um, uncomfortable realities or denying our responsibilities or, you know, living in a fake bubble cloud of love. It just means that... Um, there's there's always pers- there's always different perspectives to particular situations, and I've uh, learned to develop uh, to develop positive perspectives, see the positive in it, and that allows me um, to attract more more and more positive into my life. Wouldn't you say? Skip? I would say that, and I would say that one thing that we know for certain is that we're programmable creatures, that human beings are programmable. And that everything that you have experienced up in this, to this point has been programmed. Um, and it's up to you, and it's up to me, whether or not we let the outside cir- circumstances program us, or we program ourselves to reflect how we feel about outside circumstances. Yeah. And so that takes a great deal of responsibility. And for a lot of people, that's a very scary reality, to be responsible for everything you see. But... In some ways, everything that you're seeing, you're seeing in a certain way because of a way that you've been programmed or a way you've, you've unconsciously chosen to program yourself. And so I like to step back and learn what it is that I truly think and believe and then try to change that belief based on what exists inside of me as opposed to what I see on the outside. And so as that starts to come to fruition in my life, I start to realize that I'm in control of a whole lot more of it than I thought. And certainly how I view things out in the outside world. And I've started to take on a, 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 a belief and a, a knowing that everything that is outside is somewhat part of my own persona and somewhat part of my own ability to, uh, to transform within. So you can see a circumstance going on in the world and you can realize that 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 circumstance exists inside of you and that maybe you wouldn't have made such a bad choice, but you could figure out five different ways in which you could find a way to make that choice and you can become somebody that you didn't want to be very easily. And so the inverse of that is that we can we can start to program ourselves to make good choices at all times, choices that actually feel good. Because if we don't really know what's, I mean, we don't really 100% know scientifically what happens outside of the body or what this really, this experience, this human experience really is. And if we don't know what that is, and we probably never will, then we might as well program our beliefs to, be, to believe in a way that are beneficial for us. And we might as well come up with something that creates us to be our best selves. And so if you can find something, a, a belief system that, um, that, that tells you that you are worthy and that you are enough and that you can, um, you can change and you can be the creator and, uh, you know, the designer of your own reality, the architect of your own experience, then you can, you can make that change and you can do that for yourself. Yeah. Um, you said, you know, you're talking about, um, making good choices, making good decisions. I think a lot of people, struggle with knowing what good decisions are and you know because there's decisions of things like oh should i go to the lake today and have fun or oh should i you know hand do do my homework though because that's a good decision because then i'll get my degree and then i'll get a job and then i'll have money and security so there's like you know weighing 
um, things that are going to bring us joy or, or things that are going to um, handle responsibilities. And so, you know, I've developed um, an easy way is, is um, of knowing if it's good is developing the uh, in- internal compass by uh, learning to become very sensitive with your emotions and with your feelings. And um, this is a long road to go down. This is not an easy shift to make, but it's essentially becoming uh, sensitive to your emotions. So when there, you know, you have an idea of something you want to do, how does that make you feel? Are you stoked about it? Um, does it feel like work? Does it not make you feel good? And um, I've been choosing things that are in alignment with how I feel, um, with how I want to feel, uh, feeling joy, feeling excited, feeling stoked, feeling positive, feeling inspired. Things that make you feel that way are so productive for you in your life because what it's doing on a subtle energetic level, we have to unlearn everything that society has taught us. Society has taught us completely differently. Society has taught us molecular, circumstantial, physical reality. But if you want to become the true wizard, true creator of the world that you want to see, you need to become an alchemist, you know, and believing in the, the, the truth that when we are vibrating at a higher rate in our heart, when we are f- experiencing that deep joy and alignment, that we are alignment, attracting right? <laughs> the future to us that we want to see. So, right as Evan said, the word alignment, we're looking at the, um, the uh, recording right now, and it got to line 1111, so that's just pretty cool. What does it mean, man? Yeah. Who knows? But it's pretty cool. Yeah. Just got a text from Nako talking about, right when I said that, he's talking about a synchronicity, about a, a word from our song that we're working on. We're releasing a new album soon. We sure are. There's no hints on who the special guests are yet. Yeah. <laughs> that's up to you. you might have just, <laughs> to you you to might decide. have just revealed one of those, but yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there's no word on who our special guests are in our new album, but um, we're, we're actually sitting right here. We're manifesting some pretty cool synchronicities together, family. Um, and so uh, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. And when you choose to um, align... You choose, you're choosing yourself. When you're choosing to live in joy, you're choosing to love yourself enough to give yourself what you really want. Why are we here? What are we driven by as human beings? What's the simple fact of the matter of what we're driven by? We're driven by pleasure and we run from pain. We go away from pain. We go towards pleasure. Could it really be that simple that that is the key to our evolution is simply relaxing into the natural flow of the universe? Is it possible that creation is is perfect? Well, the Buddha said this. I mean, you know, pleasure and pain were the the basis of of his equanimity teachings. And so pleasure and pain were were a biological animal first and foremost. And that biological animal is dealing with survival, fight and flight. It's constantly going 
going towards pleasure and moving away from pain. And as we do that as human beings, we learn that we are nothing more than an animal. And as we um, start to grow up into to higher realms and start to get an inkling that there's these other realms that exist and this higher way of learning and ha- higher knowledge, uh, that stuff starts to... Um, it starts to rear its head as the way the pain and the pleasure are the way and allowing, allowing pain and pleasure. And what I mean by that is that we don't just cling to pleasure and run from pain. We allow pain to be, and we sit with it. We watch it. We don't run to extreme pleasures. We embrace them when they come. What happens when you run from it? What is, why is that bad? When you run from, when you, when you resist pain, what, what happens? Well, you're essentially denying uh, you're you're des- denying the truth of what is coming through you to um, to give you the information that you need in order to um, to understand it. Yeah. It's sort of the and there's the saying. It's like resistance breeds persistence. So when we have resistance to pain or something negative in our life. Um, we're actually perpetuating more of that feeling as opposed to allowing it, blessing it, seeing it to be there for a reason. It is there for us. It is part of the experience and that allows it to pass peacefully. It's your homie. Your pain is your homie. Your depression is your homie. Your love is your homie. These are all our little messengers of our internal compass. And so it's using, these are tools that we need to to fully integrate and not have any taboo around. And so it's like, that's how we build the beauty, man. the, The emotions are, it's an emotional guidance system. Your emotions are literally there in this this human form to guide you, to show you what feels good and what does not. Anytime that you feel a negative emotion and you feel um, something that you really don't want to feel, that's your indicator that your highest self, the self that's outside of source, does not align with that. You're actually in, um, in dissonance with your highest self. And that's why it feels so bad. That's why you feel pain when you feel pain. That doesn't mean that you need to run from it and go back to pleasure, though. What that means is that you need to allow it. And as you start to remove that resistance, then the higher truths start to come out and you start to see what it is behind the pain and what the pain is trying to teach you. That's the trippy part about the whole thing, man. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rabbit hole. Yeah. It's, um, I heard something recently from another podcast. In fact, it was a Joe Rogan and Kevin Hart podcast that really resonated deeply with me. And Kevin Hart was speaking of life, perceiving life as a game. And I was like, yeah, man. We talk about this all the time, man. That's it's crazy. crazy because life is like a game. And there are cheat codes. The cheat codes, man. And when you know the cheat codes, it forever changes your game. It's not really a cheat code. It's just no, you're, you're learning how to play it. You're learning how to really play it. And it's not a game that you're playing against anybody else. It's a game you're playing with yourself. It's not versus yourself. It's with yourself. You and your higher self. Your higher self has sent you here to experience this. Check this out, okay? All right, listen. 
what we're going to do, we're going to send you back to earth. Check it out. And we're going to make you forget everything, dude. And we're going to be fucking with you the whole time. We're going to be sending you signs and it's up to you to learn it back again. And the faster that you learn and remember, dude, the better you do. And the good news is, is that there's no stakes. And then when you're done and you, and you die, whatever happens to you, it could be terrible. It's, it's like yeah. horrible. You fall off a cliff, whatever. Somebody kills you, whatever. Yeah. You're totally good, man. You just, we're gonna you make just it seem, We're going to make it seem like it's totally real. And like when you die, you're like actually dead and you're going to be fucking scared shitless dude it's gonna be hilarious dude you want to do it yeah, yeah of course just, you do of you course, would, of course you do. the answer is of course yes <laughs> I, I literally had a medicine uh ceremony where where this was revealed to me like I, I i'm not gonna tell you the medicine or when it was but the uh the main gist was is that i was shown um i was asked i, I asked a question about um the nature of our reality and i was shown myself playing a little video game i was playing nintendo when i was a kid and it was me playing the game and it was me dying and getting frustrated that I was dying at the game. And it then it became vividly clear to me what that meant. And what that really truly is, is that this is literally an experience that creation has literally just for fun, that you cannot die, that there is no death. For that fun. For, it's literally for fun. You're outside, out, out of the physical body, and you get to choose to have an experience. You know that experience is going to feel very, very real when you're in it, but you know in reality and in your heart of hearts that it does not really exist. Of course you're going to take it, and of course it's supposed to be fun. Even the painful stuff is supposed to be fun, guys. And that's the trick, man. It's the trick to be yeah. able to see it like that in, in these times laugh. where you go, ah, and that, that's where I'm, I'm going to circle back to becoming the witness when you can become the witness to watch what's happening you start to see the the cosmic freaking joke of it all it starts to become the same pattern over and over and over again and you react the same exact set of ways and unless you can break that cycle you just this is this experience is going to feel all too real to you um and it's about all games are about winning them or doing them right and that's the whole point and it's just for fun. And so wh- how is how is playing the game right? What's playing the game right to you? Well, I was just thinking. It's funny you asked that, Spencer Burton. Um, <clears throat> the thing to me is you're losing the game when you're not having fun. <laughs> That's when you're losing. And you're winning when you're waking up within the game, realizing it's a game. Because just waking up within the game and realizing it's a game... Um, that's leading towards your uh, real connection, evolution. Yeah. That's how you become capable of the godlike um, capability of intentfully manifesting the experience that you want to see and you want to feel. You know, and when we're, it, everybody does it. So don't be hard. First off, don't be hard on yourself. It's all good. We've both had lives. We still have all this, you know, pain and, and, um, questionable. It doesn't get any less real. It doesn't get any less real. But, um, you know, we all, we all have that side of us, but getting to a point where we can really stop ourselves in the middle of the drama and go, wait, this is all for fun and we're not having fun. So we're not doing it right, right now. So that's like the little wake up call to, to make a move back to joy. Well, also like doing doing the game right. I mean, think of it in terms of a video game. What are you what are you trying to do right in the game? You know, it doesn't really matter when you're playing a game, but you're pretty submerged in it. This is just a really good game. So, what is doing it right in a game? Well, doing it right in a game is, um, you know, having the most fun and skillfully maneuvering yourself to feel as if you are in control of the experience. That's the best you can you can want for any game is to feel skillful. 
to feel like you're moving in a way that you understand the rules well enough to where you can maneuver your avatar in a way that makes the most fun and the most sense for the game. And so the point is literally having fun and whatever that means to you. And uh, we know there's certain realities in this game that part of the game intrinsically is hurting others hurts yourself. You know, hurting, hurting, doing something that does not emit a good vibration to another human being hurts you and it hurts you immediately. And so that's not part of the good game. That's, that's, that's not fun at all. And so we do things that are, 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 are good and create wellness and well-being for everybody because we all love to see our friends and family happy. Yeah. And we all want to see more friends and family, which means all of the strangers out there, your friends and family, this is part of the game. So how, how do we win the game? What, what do we do to win the, what do we do to win the game? We win the game when we're happy, when we've aligned, when we've created a reality that we no longer want to escape from, when uh, we are manifesting exactly the things that we see for ourselves that we know we deserve and we don't doubt them. We're winning the game when uh, we feel whole. We feel like we, we, we win the game when, we've, when we know that we've won in our heart. When we no longer are seeking for an external circumstance to bring happiness. Instead, we feel the happiness first and then we watch the circumstance manifest. Now, happiness is a funny word. So, yeah. um, it can be contentedness. It can be joy. It can be any of the spectrum of positive emotions. Feeling good. And I think um, I'll I use I'll use the word happy because you did. I think sure. you said the point of the game is being happy, and I agree. And I will I will amend that by saying it's being happy while sad. It's being happy while hurt. It's being sure. contented while in pain. I like it. It's being. Um, your highest self realizing itself through the torment you might be going through. Rising above the illusion of duality, so it's, to speak. The ga- winning the game is literally living indubiously. Yeah. It's literally putting yourself into the gauntlet and being scared as shit and doing it anyway. And being happy while you're doing it. Because you know, from a witness perspective, you've done this a million times. You've played this a million times. Can I ask you, you a question? Yeah. Um, do you feel like you're winning the game? Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. I think that part of winning the game is, is being utterly and totally lost at times. Yeah. Because that's every game. Have you ever, I mean, I remember playing like Final Fantasy or like Zelda or something and just being stuck at one point. It didn't make yeah. me stop the game. Yeah. That didn't make me quit. Yeah. That actually, once I, once I overcame that really tremendous obstacle, I was... I was flooded with all these positive emotions. And so do I think I'm winning the game? No, I think that I, I think that I have a good handle on my skills right now and I'm enjoying the game. And so I think that's winning. There's something, you know, that's, that's exactly what I was going for by asking that question. There's something really important that I want to pop out to your ear holes, humans. Living in dubiously is not about how, this podcast and what we are about, it's not about how we have found the way and we're showing you the way. This is about us finding our way. We're in, we're all in it together. We're here to learn together. And the wisdom that we pick out of the stream of consciousness from the universe, um, we're learning from it, you know? And um, 
I don't want any, anyone to get the wrong um, opinion that um, we are leaders leading you because we are simply trusted servants um, and we're, uh, we're, we're, we're walking hand in hand. We're walking side by side together. Uh, we're not in front. Um, he who puts himself last becomes first in the eyes of the Lord. This is a truth, you know, and um, it is through uh, serving that we lead. And that's what we're here to do. I'm here to uh, serve humanity, serve myself, love myself, because we cannot love humanity. We cannot love others without loving ourselves. And uh, just want to set that straight, man. Yeah. I, I, we're I, not running a cult here. Well, I get that. Maybe later. I also get the impression, you know, like for myself, I always wonder if I'm, if I'm virtue signaling too much, um, if I'm proselytizing or I'm trying to tell people how to be. Um, and so I'm going to clarify that. I don't speak any of these things that I speak for any other reason than to potentially help somebody's perspective so that they can gain some level of perspective of themselves and then expand upon it. We don't know everything. And this is our, this is our lineage work. This is um, while we're here on this planet right now. We have we have to we have to speak our hearts and truths to everybody that we can in order for them to be able to activate their own sense of truth and expand upon it. And so it's very important that everybody understands that we're just we're, we're literally speaking who we are so that other people can um, expand upon the knowledge that has been given to us because this isn't our knowledge. This is ancient ancestral stuff that comes through all of us and it's available to everybody. And it's like, there's a, there's a interpretation and a, a codex of the universe that um, can be channeled through. And that's not us. That's just us saying yes to the, the frequency. Yes. 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 Yeah. I think we're going to have, we're going to have episodes of the pod, the podling caster that are, that take on this kind of form where we become, kind of uh, deeply enmeshed in these esoteric spiritual journeys. And then I also want to have more lighthearted stuff where we're just kind of joking around and be, you know, talking to, to each other like we normally do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so it's going to, I want it to run seriously, run the gamut of uh, human emotion and experience. And because um, we don't really take ourselves that seriously. It's just, this is just stuff that we're passionate about. And so when we get passionate about it, it gets, it could get real serious, but um, we have to uh, we have to uh, counteract that with some silly willy goof nuts, yeah. Some silly willy goof nuts. That's right. Um, yeah, we want to hear from you guys. Um, you know, drop drop what you want to see us do in the comments. Who you want us to to, to have as guests? Um, any ideas that or topics that you might have? We're gonna we're gonna do stuff that's um, Evan alone, that's Skip alone, that it's us together. We're gonna have guests, and we're gonna do some segments and and make this a really interesting podcast. So this is like the people's podcast. We want to hear from you guys. Um, it's just a, a passion and a joy of uh, ours to be able to be here on this planet with all of you, and looking forward to really um, developing this and and having it be something that can benefit all of us. I'm freaking stoked, man. I'm stoked about it. Um, I'm we're still kind of working out the format. I know we're gonna um, be releasing the podcast through the um, you know the iTunes stuff, whatever that's called. What's that called? Podcasts. Po- podcasts. Podcast. Podcasts. And then also um, considering doing a video thing in the future for a YouTube release. 
Um, we just really, yeah, we just really want to make it um, uh, accessible, you know, and um, it would um, also be nice to have some sponsors because in in this time we don't our our you know live show thing, which has been the primary way we've sustained our our living, is is no longer a thing. So this is this would be great to. Um, uh, become a livelihood of ours and uh, any sponsors interested give us a holla gotta be aligned you gotta be looking out for humanity you gotta be in with the win of the game conscious dudes skip this has been a successful podcast yes this is the living in dubiously podcast that's correct and we hope all of you out there Continue an indubious trek towards a game-winning experience. And on the path are patient and loving and kind to yourselves and others. Gamify creation. Live indubiously. Love yourselves. Love your neighbor. And focus on the good. Manifest what you want to see. We love you. Peace and love. Peace and love.